Good morning. Good morning, Akron Alliance. Good morning, Ronnie. Uh, welcome. We're going to get started. Uh, it is 9.30. Welcome to Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. While we allow some people to get on and uh, join us, uh, we're going to play uh, some praise music here. Wes Morgan. I choose to worship. So while we let that play, let other people jump on. Thanks for being here this morning. Yes, 
need everybody in here to help me do it right now. Come on. He's healing me. Come on, I need you to lift yourself up out of that mess that you're in right now. Come on. Some of you have been down so long. Come on, make up your mind right now. Amen. I can't believe good morning. I got to seek after him. I hear his voice calling me right now. He's healing me. I'm coming to you broken tonight. I'm coming to you wounded tonight. I'm coming to you right now. I need your presence in my life. I'm going to worship yes I am. He's healing me. I'm going to worship. Oh, he's healing me. Yes, he is. He's healing me. I'm going to worship. Hey, Pearl, good morning. quiet ending um wes morgan i choose to worship very very beautiful song um thanks again to the uh to arlen and the uh praise uh praise team for giving us selections in the morning really set the mood for what we're doing um um i've almost lost count the number of weeks we've been doing this since uh since april but it's it's quite a few it's in the 30s, <laughs> um, so it's been 30 weeks or so. So we really appreciate your input and assistance in doing this. Um, we um, we just appreciate all of you, and we just thank you for being here this morning. Um, if you're in Akron or if in the vicinity, you know there's a lot of water out there. There's a lot of wind, um, which means we're going to be inside the building today at church Um because there's no way you could stand it outside today uh, when the winds are picking up to a possible gust of 50 miles an hour. Uh, there's no sense in even trying something like that. And um, with that in mind, we'll be inside. There are, of course, protocols if you are coming to church. Um, and, of course, the protocols are that everyone must have a face covering or a mask. It has to be worn inside uh, at all times. Um, I'm getting an echo. I don't know where the echo is coming from. If I have the volume up for my phone, hold on, I'll tell you. Let's try this. I don't know if that does anything or not. Um, uh, but hopefully that it, it'll improve. Um, protocols again at church, uh, masks and face coverings. Uh, please also make sure that you are uh, if you're bringing your tithes and offerings, make sure that you drop them in the drop box in the hallway. Um, we are, of course, have the seating that is already assigned and spread apart for um, social distancing. Well, I keep telling you, Roscoe, to get an iPhone, brother. Uh, so. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> okay. Um, 
with that in mind, uh, I'm trying to keep it light here, that's all. Um, it's a serious time. Sometimes you just have to laugh at stuff. Um, but with that in mind, uh, mask and face coverings are going to be the order of the day. Uh, temperature checks are taken at the door uh, before you come in. If you don't feel well, uh, stay home. Uh, that's the, the rule uh, that we do at High Crystal. Um, that's how we do it. That's how we've been doing it uh, all year long, and we want to continue that and make sure that people stay safe. <laughs> um, we appreciate your cooperation in that area. I don't have anything else to add except I've, I've got uh, some, I'm doing some investigation because one thing that I would love to be able to do is have Bible study um, with the group. And there are some things that I had in mind before, and I've, I've backed off of those because I thought it would be a little bit too intensive for most of us. But there's a possibility, and I'm just saying this because I'm still looking into it, that we can set up Bible studies uh, on Zoom, uh, which everybody can get into and get on because it's web-based and it's not hard to do if you follow the link that's provided. So we are investigating that. I will let you know where that goes. Uh, but that is something that's very exciting because um, we want to try to find a way to do it where it's more interactive um, uh, this particular the Sunday school class uh, probably should stay the way it is right now. And you can certainly send comments in the notes in your comments, uh, send your comments in the comments section. Uh, but the, the Zoom possibility of Bible study is very exciting to me because that way we're all on together. And that would be a very, very uh, wonderful thing to do. And it wouldn't require uh, leaving your home. You could just stay put where you are and have study with us. So we'll, uh, we'll investigate that and let you know where that is when we, when we get closer to that. Uh, we're not quite there yet, but we're getting closer. Um, we do have the once-a-month Bible studies during the day at 2 o'clock on Wednesdays, the second Wednesday of the month. Uh, just keep those in mind because we'll have to... <laughs> uh, you, can, you can comb your hair. You can, they actually have the ability, the ability for you just to have your, uh, a screen up with your initials on it. So if you don't want to be on the... You don't want to be seen. You don't have to worry about that. So that's, we'll get to that. We're not there yet. Um, but it's exciting. It's an exciting thing to look at. So let's go ahead and get into the scriptures uh, that we are uh, going to cover today uh, so we don't lose a lot of time. Um, we're going to pray uh, first uh, and give thanks to the Lord for what he has done. And we appreciate that very much uh, that you're being here. Um, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time that you set aside for us to be able to come before you in your word. We just thank you and give you praise, Lord, for your very presence. We thank you for all that you have done for us and all that you continue to do for us. Bless us, Lord, as we now quiet our souls, quiet our spirits, allow us to be able to hear you speak directly to us. We thank you for your presence. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. And that prayer includes me, too, because I have to sometimes slow myself down because my mind starts racing. That's a, a challenge that I have. Nobody else. Um, let's look at uh, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Ephesians chapter two. We're going to look at verses one through ten today. And that's something that uh, it's a very interesting passage. Uh, it's very compact, but it has a lot of good information within it. Ephesians chapter two verses 1 through 10. Um, the passage is the second chapter in Ephesians, and uh, the portion that we're reading, again, when Paul is addressing the Ephesians, I mentioned last last week that this could have been written for any church, 
uh, it's one of those things where it's a general text. It's not referring specifically to any problems the Ephesian church had or any issues like Galatians did. Um, and so it's a general text, and it's almost to be taken as if we, he's writing this to every church in existence, including Akron Alliance Fellowship, every church. And it's specifically even being written, not even just to a church, but to the individuals within the church. So he's writing a letter to us. Uh, that's the way I interpret that. That's the way I take it, and I don't think it's a bad thing. It's, it still refers to the theme within the book of Ephesians of unity in Christ, being unified in the body, unified as far as your mind and soul and spirit, uh, being in lockstep with what Jesus Christ is having to do with you in your life. And this theme of this particular passage is to be made alive in Christ. Made alive in Christ. Let's go ahead and read the passage. And what we'll do is we'll go back over it. Starting with verse 1, reading again from the New Living Translation. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Okay, that's verses 1 through 10 of Ephesians chapter 2. Let's go back over this, and you're going to find a lot of this information today, uh, kind of a refresher course. Uh, every now and then, we as believers need to be reminded of why we do what we do and how we think and, and, and where we're going, where we're coming. We need to understand that uh, sometimes we need to re refresh your course when it comes to what Christ has done for us, what he will continue to do for us. And this is one of those passages because everything here you've heard before, this is nothing uh, groundbreaking or new, and much of the Bible, if you've been reading it, um, as we have asked you to read, you know, with a two-year Bible plan and staying with that, there are things that you've seen now that you uh, are not strange to you. You're aware of those things. But it doesn't change the fact that all of us need reinforcement. And the reason why we need reinforcement is plain and simple is because we are in the flesh. We are fleshly people. We have uh, fleshly ways of thinking. We have fleshly things that we do. 
And we need to be reminded that we need to throw off the flesh. We are not in any way, shape, or form ascended as people where we need to disregard what God's word is, even if we hear it again for a second, third, fourth, or fifth time. We need to pay very close attention to it. And the thing is, is that um, uh, me, myself, and I need to make sure that I'm paying attention to it as well, too, because of the responsibility it carries. So I'm always making sure that I'm uh, paying attention to what God is saying in any passage I read because um, I, I know that uh, if I don't do that, then I'm, I feel like I'm missing something or I'm leaving something out in my life. I've got to take care of business. So with that in mind, let's go back and look at verses 1 and 2. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world, in the unseen world, he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. That is something we very, very need to we need to pay very, very close attention to. You see what it says here. Devil, the devil is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey him. That's exactly why I said what I said about we are in the flesh. We need to make sure that we're paying very close attention to who is influencing us and how we're being influenced and how we're using logic or how we're making justifications for any sin that we take part in we will do what is fleshly first uh we will we have to make ourselves go back to jesus christ ask for forgiveness ask for strength through the power of the holy spirit it's something that's very necessary for us so what was going on here is that this was after in chapter one was a prayer and then immediately after that, Paul reminded the Ephesians of the reality of personal sin. Personal sin is what murders us in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Personal sin, we have to make sure that we're dealing with that very thing in our lives. We can't, we never should forget the past because that tells us why we needed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We, need, we know where we were before and we know where we are today and we're very grateful for what Christ has done in saving us. And so that should be plenty of impetus for us to make sure that we show ourselves to be grateful. Um, the song that was covered by uh, Wes Morgan about choosing to worship, that is a choice that you have to make. It's not something that you do voluntarily. You do it You do involuntarily. You do it voluntarily. You have to make sure that you're choosing to worship. It's a choice because the flesh will teach you something different or tell you something different. Um, my message later today is going to talk about the choices that we make and uh, how important for us it is for us to stay motivated in following Jesus Christ. There is a motivation that has to take place in our hearts and in our minds. So back to verse 2, the idea of speaking about the devil, Satan, the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Now, that was being directed to um, the Ephesian church because they, uh, people back then thought that he was uh, the one who had, of course, had the demons, had the demons that reported to him. They were following against Jesus Christ. Um, it was an evil spiritual kingdom. Um, it was uh, one where they, uh, they understood what it meant uh, to follow uh, Satan and those who choose to follow Satan. You know, there are people today who choose to follow Satan. Um, don't think for a moment that that's not taking place today in this world. There's nothing new where people make a choice to follow Christ or follow Satan. 
And some will even be as bold and say that they worship Satan. Some will not necessarily know that they're worshiping Satan, but they still follow him uh, with their actions, with their words, uh, with their deeds. And so we need to understand that. But what Paul is saying here is that Christ is victorious over Satan and his power. So now Satan is not the one who has all the power. It is Jesus Christ who has the power. Satan is the temporary ruler of the part of the world that chooses to follow him. In other words, it's a choice to follow him, and he is the ruler in this world that uh, we know he exists, but you still have to make a choice to follow him. You need to understand that it's important for you to follow Christ, of course. We all know that and understand that, because he has the power over Satan because of his death, burial, and resurrection uh, in the cross, specifically the resurrection. The resurrection is what uh, defeated death. Uh, when Christ rose from the dead, that was where Satan and death was defeated at that moment. Um, Satan may have been laughing and chuckling when Christ died on the cross at the time, but uh, little did he know that he would be defeated. Verse 3, back to the passage, Ephesians 2, verse 3. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Now, everybody has a sinful nature. Amen? Um, no one wants to acknowledge that, but we have a sinful nature. We um, need a Savior because we were lost in sin and we couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't have fellowship with God who is perfect and sinless uh, unless we had an intermediary and uh, someone to intervene for us. Now, we understand that sin is something that Christians do, but non-Christians do it too. It doesn't mean that any of us don't do things that are good. Of course we do. We all do good things, and we do good things for other people. Many people have their own set of morals. They're uh, they are kind, they are law-abiding, they do everything right in the right manner, in the right way. Um, and we're not criminals per se, but we also need to understand that on God's scale, no one is good enough to earn salvation. Not one of us. We didn't do anything to earn our salvation. Um, because it says back at the beginning of this passage, you were in your disobedience, dead in your trespasses, dead in your disobedience uh, because of your sins. So we only need to understand that Christ is the unifier with us and God. He is the one who gives us this life that looks good because he is our intermediary. It only looks good because of Christ. It doesn't look good because of our own accomplishments. It only looks good because of our Christ. So we no longer face wrath um, because we... Follow Christ. Uh, those who do not follow Christ will be subject to uh, God's wrath. And yes, Satan does indeed torment. He does indeed uh, try to get you to a place where you will not turn to God. So you need to understand it's very, very important for you to say, stay strong in Christ. Let the Spirit help you through things. Let the Spirit work its, his way into your life further and further with a sanctifying power to be able to deal with you personally um, and make sure that you're doing all the things that you can. Are you, you, you going to mess up? Sure. 
Are you going to sin? Absolutely. But we have a road map to be able to go back into fellowship with him. Um, we need to always use that road map. Don't deviate from it. Don't stay away from it. Don't uh, second guess what Christ is doing. He's going to do it for you. Let's go to verse 4, back to Ephesians 2. But God is so rich in mercy, and this is the part I really wanted to get to because we talked about now all the things that we need to be aware of. And But here's where we need to go back to, and this is exactly what we're talking about when it comes to worship and reason why we should worship. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Now, in my Bible, that's in quotes. It's something that's added in to the text uh, by Paul, making a reference to the fact that we can't do anything without Jesus Christ. His grace is what allows us to have this fellowship with him. And that's what we need to see here. So rather than dwelling on the fact that we have a sinful nature, we don't need to be any longer under sin's power, according to what Paul was saying to the Ephesians here in the church. The penalty of sin and his power over us were miraculously destroyed by Christ on the cross. So through faith in Christ, we stand acquitted or not guilty before God. Um, Take a look at uh, Romans chapter 3. I'm going to go to a passage here. Romans 3, verses 21 and 22. Romans 3, verses 21 and 22. And this passage is going to talk about what God has done for us. It says, verse 21, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. And I'll just throw in verse 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that's why we need Jesus Christ. We need Jesus Christ because we all fall short. We've sinned. And we understand that God's glory is something we cannot attain on our own. It has to be through the grace of what Christ did for us on the cross. Always keep that in mind. It's God's grace that allows us to do what we're doing right here, right now, today. Look at his word. Celebrate in what he has done for us. You know, we're approaching Thanksgiving. And we're approaching a time when we want to give thanks for all the things that have taken place. Now, If you stay in the present, you're going to find there's less and less to be thankful for. But if you now expand upon your thinking and go beyond just saying, um, well, you know, the the world is in a really, really tenuous position right now. Jesus Christ is in control of everything and has not lost one ounce of control over what is taking place. People need to understand, especially people who are believers in Jesus Christ, should be very thankful that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Be very thankful for what he has done for you and be very grateful. Uh, That's the key word here. Be very grateful for what you have. You have a lot. Has it been a tough year? Beyond measure. One of the toughest years that a lot of us have ever seen and will ever experience. Um, This is definitely a 100-year event. Um, And I'm, I'm 
frankly glad that I didn't live through the time of the, the great flu epidemic of 1918 and 1919 because that took a couple of years to get through. And we have a very similar situation here today. But that doesn't change one bit how much Jesus Christ has done for us and how much he continues to do for us. So always keep that in mind when we're looking at reasons to be thankful. We're thankful because of God's grace. He chose to save us. He chose to have a relationship with us. He chose voluntarily. It's something that we need to understand, and it's very, very important for us to see that. God did not take us out of the world or make us robots, because we still feel like sinning, and sometimes we're going to sin because that's who we are. But he loves us anyway. The difference is that before we became Christians, we were dead in sin and were slaves to our sinful nature, but now we are alive with Christ. One more passage real quick, Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. When Christ died on the cross, it kind of is a a figure of speech, but all of us um, had our sins uh, relieved when he died on the cross. It's almost a, it, and I think Galatians 2.20 kind of says it this way. I have been crucified with Christ. Uh, again, this is Paul speaking. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Um, that is what we need to always understand. That's always a takeaway. You are, you should be grateful. You should have the desire to worship God for all it's worth. Um, for those of you who just jumped on, good morning. Appreciate you being here this morning. Uh, we're almost halfway through our, our text here, Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10, but thanks for being here nonetheless. By the way, as a reminder, everybody can just kind of go back and look at the this from the beginning. If you would missed any part of this, it is online and available for you to look at later on. Let's continue in the passage, Ephesians 2. Let's drop down. Um, to verse 6. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So we know that with Christ's resurrection, we know that um, our bodies are going to be raised from the dead as well too. Uh, We are going to rise from the dead. When God calls us home uh, with our new bodies, uh, that's going to be something to look forward to. Uh, great comments last week about what happens to us when we die. I mean, absent with the body, present with the Lord is the exact terminology. And that's been repeated over and over again by many who recognize what that represents. It does indeed mean that your spirit is going to be reunited, reunited with uh, the Lord Jesus Christ upon your time of death. It is a guarantee that that will happen. But now when we're talking about bodies. We're talking about a future promise because... Uh, when you die, your body goes into the ground. You're, you're leaving your body behind. But there will come a time when your body will be reunited with your spirit. You'll have a new body. And that's something that is a promise for us because that's what's being promised even here in the passage. Our bodies are going to be re- reunited with us. If you look at the passages we've read and say that, see the context of that, the context of that, of course, is in the rapture. That's where uh, we're going to be seeing all those things take place. And we don't. All we know is that they're going to be new, perfect bodies. They won't be anything like what we have now. And um, in God's miraculous way, He's going to take our ashes and put them all together into a body. And why can't He do something like that? He absolutely can. Um, if He can create uh, Adam uh, from the uh, dust of the earth 
and put uh, together a mold and blow his breath into him, and there is Adam, then certainly he can do all those things that I just mentioned when it comes to the rapture. Not to digress, but I think it's important for us to emphasize that uh, God's going to keep every one of his promises, and, and nothing is going to be left out. So we need to keep that in mind as we look at these passages. He is going to raise our bodies from the dead. That's in 1 Corinthians 15, by the way. It, it's a long passage, but go back and read that and see what it says. And now we've been given the power to live as Christians today. Um, that's what we have to understand. So these ideas are combined in Paul's message of sitting with Christ in the heavenly realms. That's what's back in verse 3. Um, sitting back with him in the heaven, in, in verse 3 of chapter 1. Excuse me, I apologize. Um, that's where we talk about heavenly realms. Our eternal life in Christ is certain because we are united in powerful victory. We have a victory in Jesus. We experience the victory in life because of what Jesus Christ has done. And that's a big amen. Uh, we need to always keep that in mind that we have a victory. We need to live like we have victory. If you live like you're defeated, you're not living. You're living in the way, in such a way where Satan is saying, well, I got this person. Because if you always think everything is bad or everything is negative is taking place, then that means you're really not looking to God's goodness. We have Christ who helps us to refocus on those things that are good, those things that are true, those things that are wonderful, those things that are magnificent. Um, and a lot of good has taken place during this time. We have to keep that in mind, too. You know, when the uh, uh, the Hebrews were exiled and living in exile, we need to understand that that's what's going on here. That they were they were living in such a way where they were told to go and multiply and be fruitful and have children, have families, worship together. This is why they were in exile. This is why they were going through a time where they weren't even in their own country. And God gave them the command just to continue to be faithful. Just look to him and just keep doing what was being done uh, because God was working in those families. And, it means, and that means that good things were happening. And good things are happening today. I think one of the most important things that we as believers need to do is to make sure we're encouraging each other that good things are happening. Yes, bad things are happening. No question about it. And there's nothing pleasant about what's going on. And yes, Jackie, we are still praying. I'll, I'll tell you that, that this drives home the point. We still need to still keep in prayer for those things that are not going right and those things that are not going well. But a lot of things are going well. But we have to bring that back to none other than Jesus Christ. He is the one who is giving us the breath, the depth of his very presence in all things that we're doing right now. We need to understand that we have the victory because we have eternal life. We have eternal life. It is a certainty that we have eternal life because God has promised this to us. It is a certainty. He is one who keeps his promises. It requires faith. No question. It requires faith. It requires us trusting that what Christ has said to us in his word is what he's exactly going to do. Okay, so now to verse 7 now in Ephesians 2. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with 
Christ Jesus. So look at that. Point us to, in all future ages, examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us. Even in our worst moments, God is gracious. Christ is gracious. Christ is always kind to us. He is the salve on our wounds. He is the one that helps to build us up when we are feeling at our worst. And that's what we always need to lean on and remember. Okay, let's go back to the passage. Down to verse 8. Ephesians 2, verse 8. Um, and, and this is the last section of the passage, of course, too, and we'll cover all of these, uh, all of it together. God saved you by his grace when you believed. Amen. All you need to do is believe. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the things we have done, good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Anyone who's talking about doing good deeds or doing great things, giving them a closer relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is frankly that is anti-biblical that there's nothing to support that you need to understand um that that's what's going on here um and the most important thing too and and jackie this comment is for you as well too you know um he's at peace um that's really the only uh, takeaway that's really good right now in this whole thing and and having that knowledge and knowing that he's at peace should be a comfort uh, in the long term, and I hope that that it is. Um, and if it's not, we can certainly pray about all of those things as well, too, in the future. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. We All we have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what's really interesting, you know, let's take the thief in the cross analogy. The thief in the cross did not recognize Jesus Christ until he was on the cross with Christ. And he recognized who Christ was at that moment, that Christ could make a difference in the seconds that he had left in his life. And he has a relationship with Jesus Christ because he believed. And that's the thing that we have to always remember. It's all about believing. And, you know, it's one of those great mysteries as to how all these things transpire. But uh, prayer is going to be very, very important for all of us. Um, it's going to be important for all of us right now for what's going on today in the world and what's happening. I can tell you that good things are going to happen. I can't tell you how those good things are going to happen, but I can tell you that Jesus Christ is the author of all of these good things that are going to happen. And that's where we need to rest. We don't look to the world for good things. We look to what Christ is doing to orchestrate these good things that are taking place. For example, it's very good if people, even in the midst of this time, get saved. Those are good things. And that's the way we need to remember all of this stuff. We need to remember that because good things are happening with people who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Good things are taking place. It's tough sometimes to see the good things, but you have to really devote yourself in prayer. You may have to get down on your knees. You may have to get prostrate to see God's goodness. And that's exactly what we need to understand. That's exactly what we need to understand. And um, I hope everyone can remember this today. Um, it's the 15th of November, and we're almost on Thanksgiving. And that's going to make it a challenge for us to now really focus on the goodness of what God has done. 
there are reasons to be thankful. It's an interesting thing that Thanksgiving comes before Christmas every year. Thanksgiving sets the stage for recognizing Jesus Christ. And I think that that's a good way to look at it. We have the gift of salvation. We can't work our way to God through our good gifts or through our good works. We have to respond and be grateful, give him praise, and express joy for what he's done. And so we need to understand all of, all of this about grace. Grace is something that we need to really, really be paying attention to here. Show your gratitude for the gift of salvation that comes from God through Jesus Christ. Help to show others your appreciation of what he has done for us by being kind to one another, loving one another, being gentle to one another, and not because you're trying to please yourself, but you're really trying to please others because Christ is living within you. So if you want to see God's goodness in Jesus Christ, be kind to someone else who just hasn't been treated very well. Be nice to other people. Compliment them for their hard work. Compliment them for what, they, what they're doing. Many people are working very hard right now to make sure that we have very clean environments to go into in stores and serving others. Say thank you to those people for what they're doing. Show the love of Christ in everything that you're doing. And I can't emphasize that enough. Verse 10, back in Ephesians 2. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We're his workmanship. We're his creation. We are his work of art. We are his artwork. We, he has created masterpieces. Every one of us uh, is a creation of workmanship of God. We are here because of him. You have a body, breath, life, and soul because of him. Uh, he enabled you to be here today and be where we are today. And, of course, it's only something that he can do. Now, understand something. He is the only one that creates bodies and souls that are in existence. You know, without getting weird, um, you know, there is such a thing called cloning right now. And we've talked about animals being cloned and created from just the cells that come from them. But you can't do that in cloning what we have right here today. We are created by him. And we are his special workmanship. If God considers us his works of art, we dare not ourselves or others with disrespect refer to us as inferior or call someone else inferior. We don't understand sometimes why people are created in such a way where they are uh, deficient, where they may have um, a handicap of some sort. But we need to understand that all of these things are being done uh, to glorify God. So we are to be thankful for what we have. If we are to be thankful for where we are today, um, whether we're in a wheelchair or not, we are to be thankful because we are indeed God's workmanship. And I think that that was the takeaway that Paul wanted to see here um, for unity in Christ. That is the takeaway that we need to look at. And I thank everyone for the, again for jumping on late. Um, I have a feeling the weather has got a lot of people <laughs> uh, slowed down a little bit. But we're going to uh, go ahead and pray, close out this section here. 
uh, and prepare ourselves for additional worship and continued worship later on uh, at church, uh, later on today. Well, let's pray right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we just give you all the thanks for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy, for your forgiveness of all sin. We thank you for your very presence. We thank you for continuing to be with us each day. And Lord, you know our struggles. You know the things that we've been struggling with and the things that we continue to struggle with. We know that, Lord, you're the one that can help us through those tough times and through those difficulties. And all that we need to do is call on you. We thank you for the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit who also, with the comforting presence, presence helps us to experience peace. Things may not be peaceful, but yet we experience peace. And Lord, we want to be grateful to you for all that you've done for us. Help us to take your message of reaching every person in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, that all, we're, all we need to do is just go into the world Preach the gospel of truth. Preach the gospel of your name. Preach the gospel in words, in actions, in words of thanks, in words of appreciation, where people will wonder, where are you coming from? And yet, you know where you're coming from. You're coming from Christ. It's all coming through Christ that you're speaking. We pray that that continues. We pray that we continue to move forward in such a way where we're honoring you and glorifying you. And we pray again for your grace, ongoing grace. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for us and all that you will continue to do for us at this time. And Lord, we're reminded that there are good things coming. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Always be appreciative of the fact that God is still doing great things and doing marvelous things. And he's continuing to do that. We have grown to a place now where we need to transcend beyond the surfacey things, the things that we see in the world, and go beyond to those things that are unseen. There are a lot of things that are unseen that we don't get to recognize. And they're good things. But we need to understand that that very thing is true. It was true back in 1918, 1919, and it's true today in 2020. Um, keep all of those things in mind. Always be prayerful and seeking after him as we go. Well, we're going to uh, end our session for Sunday school this morning to prepare to go down to Akron and speak and give my voice a little bit of a rest before I have to speak again. But I want to thank everyone for joining us. Thanks for being here this morning. We do encourage uh, in comments, asking questions even after the session is over with. We will go back and look at your comments and try to answer questions for you uh, to try to help you along day by day. And if there are things that you want us to pray about, we can do that. That's what we do as a church. That's what this is all about. So please and please make sure that you're taking advantage of the resources here uh, at Akron Alliance Fellowship on Facebook. And, of course, refer to our website, akronalliance.org, for postings and uh, past messages and all that. Um, so thank you so much for uh, your time today and thanks for being here this morning. 
Uh, God bless you all. We'll see you back online after 11 o'clock for the worship service down at the church in Akron. You take care of yourselves. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day.